0: It's a perfect time to have a poll like this by Angus Reed. It's called Venerating Our Veterans, and it found that four in five people in Canada say that we should do more to honor those who served in the armed forces. And this idea has been rolling around in my head for the entire weekend. You know, what more should we be doing what more could we be doing and i thought we should reach out to barry westholm you've heard him on the show before he served for 32 years he's a retired master warrant officer and the perfect man to have on the show on this remembrance day welcome to the program barry good to have you on again
1: hi thanks for having me on
0: a lot of people this morning are changing their social media profiles and their feeds to pictures of poppies and the phrase "lest we forget," because it is Remembrance Day. In your opinion, are people really understanding exactly what is meant by "lest we forget"?
1: Well, I think it's so it's used so often that perhaps they uh, they don't quite understand it. No, uh, "lest we forget" is not intended to glorify anything. It's really a, a warning, and that's a warning to uh, the current uh, generation. That should we fall into the the path of the, the the older one, we could repeat the same thing, so we could have the same type of uh, massacres what we had in the past. So it's it's a warning. Let's not forget what happened, and let's not repeat it.
0: There are going to be several, obviously, at local cenotaphs and uh, in other um, public uh, establishments, there will be several Remembrance Day observations today. The Peace Tower is home of the country's Carillion. It's a 53-bell instrument, and it it is incredibly difficult to play it. They have somebody that actually is uh, skilled in this instrument playing the the keyboard pedal. It'll toll on three separate occasions today, the first one being at 9.30 in Ottawa. What's the significance of the Peace Tower?
1: Well, that uh, goes hand in hand with. lest we forget that the Peace Tower was put in place uh, to remind or to uh, commemorate the the lost uh, soldiers of World War One, and that's where it's got its name. And it's got a uh, memorial chamber up in there too that uh, most Canadians should go visit for certain, where they they honor our dead.
0: The Hall of Remembrance, also uh, in the nation's capital, can you give us a little background history on that? Because I think when you know we are going to get to Don Cherry a little bit later on. Uh, in the program and maybe by the end of the interview, but a, a lot of people are uh, looking at younger generations and kind of pointing the finger and saying, you don't know enough about what we're doing on Remembrance Day. Uh, what is the Hall of Remembrance?
1: Well, there's a Hall of Honour, and uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful Gothic chamber inside the Parliament building, and, and really it's underused. It's got some pictures in it, some statues and stuff like that, but uh, after visiting Europe and seeing their memorials, which are breathtaking, I thought it might be a great idea to start engraving the names of our lost in the uh, Hall of Honour on Parliament Hill so that they're out there and everybody can see them and not have to look for them. Um, I think it would be a proper way to ensure that, especially our politicians, because those are the ones that get, to, get us into trouble and get us into wars, uh, realize the cost of doing that. So that, that's I think, is a great idea.
0: That is a great idea. Is it? it what is being said? I guess you pitched this to the folks in uh, Parliament. Has anything been said about it, or how would this get started?
1: Well, this is, uh, again, it, it would be the people to do that, and uh, they're your representatives. Call your MP to get it done. Uh, yes, I've brought it forward amongst many things, many times, but uh, it seems politicians like the term, uh, instead of less we forget, best we forget. So uh, I I think it might be a little grim reminder to them how responsible they are to the people of Canada and how they have to do their jobs very, very well to avoid this.
0: Yeah, you're very critical of the uh, Prime Minister and uh, his handling of the Veterans Affairs file. You've written him a letter, I understand.
1: Oh, I've written him several letters, actually, yes. Because, uh, you know, we'll go to the thing, uh, lest we forget, the way we treated our returning soldiers injured and ill and their families from Afghanistan was deplorable and they died in Canada. They died for a lack of care. Uh, they, they died alone, uh, families fractured, and there was absolutely no reason for it other than a, a few dollars and, and somebody caring. So uh, yeah, it's, it's again a term, uh, best we forget, seems to suit the, uh, the current uh, political uh, stripe far better than the Lest we forget.
0: Last week um, at Queen's Park, the Afghanistan memorial that's going to be uh, put up at Queen's Park was unveiled. And do you think this is, I mean, it's it's important to commemorate uh, those that we've lost. But after treating them so poorly, after returning home, what are your thoughts on this memorial? Have you seen the drawings? Do you think they get it right?
1: Well, I'll back it up a little bit to where they first put it, uh, put it in place in, in Ottawa in a secure building where you needed a pass to get in to see it and they didn't invite any of the families of the fallen to uh, the dedication ceremony. I mean, what is that all about, right? What is that all about?
0: What is that all about? What do you suspect is going on?
1: Well, that's, it, it, it's appalling. I, I, once again, I, I go to the, the term, best we forget. They did it in hiding. They did it in a secure military location where nobody could see it without a, a military escort. That's, I've never heard of anything like that. Um, so it sounds to me like they're just trying to get the, uh, the war out of the minds of the, the Canadian uh, public. And I think it's totally wrong, because that's how you repeat these, these things. You've got to get it out there. It's painful. It's really painful to talk about these things and, and see the, the faces of those that have, that have uh, died for us. But it's really important, if not to honour them, just to make sure this does not happen again.
0: Today, we honor our vets and fallen soldiers with a moment of silence. And uh, only one in four Canadians, according to this Angus Reid poll that I brought up earlier on, will head to ceremonies at local cenotaphs. How do you think we could improve? I mean, the state says two days of observance. They have Memorial Day and Veterans Day. Um, I understand that Belgium honors their vets daily. Maybe you could tell us more about that. But are we doing enough? And how do you think we can improve?
1: Well, again, we're not doing enough. We can improve by uh, making sure that the schools... Uh, let, let the, uh, the kids know what sacrifices have been made for them. I mean, and not to glorify it, but to make sure that it's a really resounding gift uh, to our youth to be in a country like this. It, that's the way to educate them, and that's the way to get more people out so that they can meet maybe veterans and talk about where they've been. Uh, another thing, too, is if you see a, a veteran, um, you'll see sometimes what they'll have a, a Legion jacket or something, and sometimes you just know that it's a veteran you'll see in Walmart or uh, a store. Just go up and say, hey, thanks a lot. You know, how was your experiences and things like that? And when it comes to Belgium, I went to the uh, Vimy Memorial, which I suggest everybody go to if they ever go a, on a vacation to Europe or a vacation uh, there specifically to see it. And at the end of the Vimy Memorial, it said, any names not found here can be found at the Menin Gate. So I said, okay, I'm going to the Menin Gate in Belgium. I went to Belgium. And they said, oh, we're having a ceremony tonight. And I said, oh, well, that's perfect. I said, I'll be around for the ceremony. And they had a beautiful ceremony. They had a band uh, that played. They had the mayor out, the fire chief, all the uh, city officials were there. And it was a great big arch, beautiful Gothic arch with all the names in, which, which bring me back to the Hall of Honour and Canada's Parliament, which I think would be proper. But all the names from all the soldiers from all the countries were there. And they did a great speech, and people were around, a couple hundred people crying. And I'm like, wow, this is really, I'm glad I made this ceremony. And they, they brought a wreath from one side of the arch to the other, and then the, uh, the mayor said, this is a, a great ceremony. Thank you all for coming. We'll see you tomorrow night. And I said to a person standing by, I said, what does that mean? Oh, they do this every night. Wow. this every night? And they go, oh, yeah. They've done it all since this arch was put up in 1920s after World War I, and they've never missed a single night.
0: And they still get a powerful turnout.
1: They still get a powerful turnout. Now, there was when I was there, but and the, there was buses lined up and huh. children crying. And, and the emotion was just, it, it took me a little while to calm down. So
0: what's the difference, Barry? Do you think we're trying to, you know, bubble wrap our kids, protect our kids from something that, you know, is horrifying, like war and just the memory of, you know, losing loved ones instead of facing it, you know, um, with respect uh, for people that were willing to give their lives?
1: I think that uh, they've taken a wrong uh, view on, on service and, and sacrifice. And they think it's like, it's glorifying something. It's not glorifying anything. No soldier wants this to happen again. No soldier wants to be into a, put into position where he gets parts of his body blown off. Right. And I know these guys, you know, it's, it's, it's important that we tr- teach these, these kids. Over in Europe, of course, you've got tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of crosses that litter the landscape. Mm-hmm. You can't go far without a reminder. In Canada, we've got nothing, right? All our dead are over there. So, uh, yeah, there it's a, it's a daily reminder no matter where you go. I think they pull out 80 tons of uh, munitions out of the ground every year over there from the World War I, World War II. So it's a constant reminder here all we get is to enjoy the peace and a landscape that's not scarred and battered by bombs and missiles and, and blood. So it's more important than to use this beautiful country and its peacefulness to teach our kids to keep it that way.
0: Barry, I want to keep you on the line, if I could. Uh, Barry Westholm has served for 32 years. He's a retired Master Warrant Officer. And we're talking about Remembrance Day. Barry, when we come back, I want to ask you how today's generation of vets feel on Remembrance Day. And uh, I think it's a perfect question. It's right up your alley. We'll also touch on what happened. It was just a debacle. Um, the uh, Department of National Defense quietly and significantly cutting its military health care spending. I want to hit on that. And also, I really would like to touch on uh, how you feel about Don Cherry's uh, comments over the weekend on Hockey Night in Canada. So if you'll stay with us, we'll be right back with you. I know everybody wants to get to this Don Cherry conversation about what happened on Hockey Night in Canada at Coach's Corner over the weekend. But I think we really wanted to take an executive, uh, we made an executive decision here with the show, Chris and I, to talk about Remembrance Day pretty exclusively off the hop. Because it is Remembrance Day. We focus on this largely, you know, on our veterans and our fallen soldiers one day a year. And that's just not enough, according to a, a poll by Angus Reid, that four in five people say that we should do more to honor those who have served in our armed forces. Barry Westholm has served. He served for 32 years. He's a retired master warrant officer and our guest on the show. Barry, good to uh, that you could stick around through the break. I do appreciate your time.
1: Oh, no problem. Pleasure.
0: So how does today's generation of veterans feel on Remembrance Day?
1: Well, uh, this uh, recent uh, veterans, in- including me, uh, if I'm an example, I can't speak for all of them of course, so I'd be wrong, but it's it's kind of traumatic. Um, I know a lot of guys that I know stay inside and, and really close the drapes and just you know think about what's going on can they were treated so poorly coming back. Mm-hmm forgotten we talked about the memorial being hidden in a in a a secure building and stuff like that this is the afghanistan
0: memorial if you hadn't if you're just joining us now
1: yeah they they, when they hid that in, in inside a secure structure on a military base i mean what's that all about and of course that hits home those are their friends that died over there right and it's a really close friendship it's family in the military so um there's mixed emotions everywhere uh, it's very important if you're at a Remembrance Day a ceremony today, uh, you can still get to one if you're one of those people that decided not to go. Get out there and go. And if you see somebody with medals or something like that, give them a handshake, give them a hug. That'll that'll, that'll take a veteran for miles if you do something like that. I
0: think a, pe- a lot of people are nervous to ask veterans about their experience. Do veterans uh, largely want to stay silent? Because, you know, we re- I was reading a lot of stories over, you know, people's uh, experiences with their loved ones coming back. From the war and the fact that they never spoke about it and tried to continue on with a a semi-normal, as normal as you could life. And so you you just don't talk about those stories.
1: No, you you, you don't talk about some stories. There's things that you can talk about and uh, your friends and things like that. So the things that uh, a soldier doesn't want to talk about, he won't. But the things that he feels comfortable talking about, he will. Uh, The only way you can find out is is if, if you ask them. But once again, I go back to a handshake or a thank you or a hug. That's just... That's, once again, that'll, that'll take a guy right out, of the, right out of the dumps.
0: Do we need to do more to get young vets to come out to the cenotaphs?
1: Well, we screwed that up, uh, right? Like I say, when we brought them back from Afghanistan, we have no system for them. We transitioned them into the, the uh, civilian society just terribly. A lot of them are dead. They, they killed themselves here in Canada, which just, uh, for me, is so appalling to have a person go to Afghanistan, make it through, get injured, get something blown off, come back, and then they treat it so terribly, and they fall so fast and so far that they take their own lives. So we've got a lot of making up to do, okay? We really, really do. And uh, it goes down to, to education and, and you know, letting, letting the, the kids know what these, these men and women have done for them.
0: Continuously, You know, whenever we hear about this Trudeau government and their mishandling of the Veterans Affairs files, it's shocking. There was an exclusive by Global News earlier this year that had the Department of, of National Defense quietly but significantly cutting its military health care spending. And so what it does is it's rolling back on, on what uh, the military will pay to hospitals to take care of our personnel. And apparently it's not a last resort move, but apparently it is the first, in your opinion.
1: Well, well, one of the things that they did actually at the beginning of the Afghan war was they closed the Canadian Forces National Defense Medical Center, which treated injured soldiers, of all things. So they had a specialized hospital for soldiers because the injuries soldiers get are are not your, your normal injuries. And the fact that they have to go to a civilian hospital at all to try to explain their issues is really appalling as well because these aren't things that regular Canadians get injured by, you know, explosions and violence and, and, uh, you know, killing people. That's that's not a regular Canadian occurrence, thank goodness. But to to take that last resort after cutting everything else and then say we're not going to, uh, you know, finance the civilian care of our veterans is just over the top. And it's cruel. And it seems to be a pattern with this government
0: veterans affairs uh seems to me to be a similar file to climate change you know in what I, and that sounds weird but just follow me here that people say they care but when it comes down to uh putting forth money to take care of it to deal with something so important they don't want to pay extra money do you get the same kind of feeling
1: well it's not that what they what they're doing is they're they're um compounding the problem and making it 10 times, 100 times more expensive by not, not addressing it early. The longer you let something sit and fester, the harder it gets to treat, and that's what they're doing. They, with the, uh, when it comes down to like, the suicides from Afghanistan, they hid the numbers, mm-hmm. and then they played with the numbers of the, of, of the suicides based from the military to the civilian populace. They said it was the same, and then in some cases it turned out to be 200% higher for the military people. So, uh, once again, either you pay a little at the beginning, Okay, and okay, it'll hurt a little bit, but man, you know, the government put these people over there. And, and uh, they're people. Yeah, they're people. So if you're going to do that, even before you before you send a, a group of Canadians to war, you've got to realize that you, there's going to be a price to pay to get them better. And that doesn't seem to be interested. They want to get them to war. They want to put it on the paper. Yeah, Canada's on the global stage. We're doing our bit. We're, we're UN peacekeepers. But okay, so we've we got UN peacekeepers out there right now. What have they set up for them? when they return? Probably nothing, because that's what they do. And then it gets more and more expensive because these problems grow and grow and grow and become just chronic and a person disappears.
0: So this weekend, Don Cherry made some controversial and hurtful statements about newcomers to Canada not wearing poppies on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday. I know you were talking to Chris off the air about this and, you know, you're just hearing about this now. And I get it because a lot of people were busy over the weekend. And and if you don't watch hockey, you didn't know that this happened. But I'm going to play some of the uh, audio from it, Barry. I just want to get your take on uh, your thoughts on this, even just a reaction. Here is Don Cherry.
1: I was talking to a veteran. I said, I'm not going to run the poppy thing anymore because what's the sense? I live in Mississauga. Nobody wears, uh, uh, very few people wear uh, a poppy. Downtown Toronto, forget it, downtown Toronto. Nobody wears a poppy. And I'm not going to, he says, wait a minute. How about running it for the people that buy them? Now you go to the small cities, and you know you, you know those, the roads on roads, you people love you, you they come here, whatever it is, you love our way of life, you love our milk and honey. At least you could pay a couple of bucks for poppies or something like that. These guys pay for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys paid the, uh, the biggest price.
0: The first thing I noticed, Barry, uh, was that Don Cherry was not wearing the poppy from the Poppy Fund that actually uh, helps fund Canadian veterans. I thought that was interesting. I mean, I was as shocked as uh, as everybody to hear his comments because uh, they're based on what his observation and his, you know, bias. Well,
1: <clears throat> first thing about poppies is, uh, and I think it was uh, this hour I was twenty two minutes or, or something. CBC had a thing on; they disappear quite frequently. Mm-hmm. i'll go through half a dozen poppies so you can't hold that against anybody Uh, as for don cherry he's quite a personality so uh you know i don't agree with what he said absolutely not um but what i did do when i heard that you're going to bring this up i went to the canadian uh immigration website and the welcome to canada manual that goes to new immigrants okay and in it there's one quarter of one page about the military what do you think of that
0: well, I'm guessing you're thinking that we need to do a little bit better.
1: You're thinking right, because one quarter of one page, and it's got the, the, the picture of our Minister of National Defense, doesn't really give a, a new person to Canada a sense of the uh, the sacrifice, does it? One quarter of one page.
0: Barry, who do you remember on on, on this Remembrance Day? Who are you going to sit down and, and uh, pay your respects to?
1: Well, for me, I'm going to, again, I'm one of those guys that have a very hard time at cenotaphs. so I'm going to... I'm going to watch it on TV, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to critique our politicians to see if there's more crocodile tears and uh, if they can honour the, the, uh, the sacrifices uh, properly and if they press the message of why it is, because that's what most people might be doing. They might be watching it on TV. And if, if you're not and you can't make it to a ceremony, watch it on TV, the one in, in Ottawa. And think about what we've been saying here on your radio show. We cannot repeat this. This is, it's a disaster, and we seem to do it all the time. And Canada has a thing about downplaying, downplaying the military because I think they feel we're honouring or uh, glorifying war. That's not the case. Uh, that is not the case. <clears throat> so uh, that's what I'll be doing today. I won't be thinking about anybody. I, I think about mostly it, it doesn't leave my mind much about how poorly we, we treated those guys coming back from Afghanistan because I was involved in it. And I think I may have told you I lost three men they killed themselves in my unit. Uh, and it didn't have to happen,
0: mm.
1: you know. So anyway, <clears throat> yeah.
0: Well, Barry, my my condolences for, uh, you know, your your family, because, you know, when you serve with someone, they're, they're, it's beyond, you know, uh, three men, it's, it's your family, and members of your family. I, I appreciate your time, Barry. It, it's always great having you on the program, especially today on Remembrance Day.
1: Okay, thanks so much, and I really appreciate your interest in it.
0: Cheers. As Barry Westcomb, he has served for 32 years. He's a retired Ma- Master Warrant Officer.